Ladies and gentlemen, now boarding for Latitude, the travel photography podcast on the Improve Photography Network. And now your hosts, Brian McGuckin and Brent Bergherm. Here we are again for another installment of Latitude, the travel photography podcast. I'm your host, Brent Bergherm, and for now I'm flying solo. My co-host, Brian McGuckin, will have a little bit uh, of a talk uh, at the tail end of this episode. So for now, you get just me. And I've got a couple announcements, and then we'll talk about my trip to Coos Bay area, and then we'll hand it over to Brian, and then I'll wrap things up and uh, close it out for you. So a couple of quick announcements I wanted to get out of the way is, um, for those of you that have heard me talk about my Croatia and Ireland workshops, I guess I sometimes I uh, have to kind of admit, I sort of go to my happy place of, of sorts whenever I talk about it, and I probably fail to mention some of the details on those workshops. I invite you to look at my website where all the details are dictated there, they're spelled out. And so looking to go to Ireland in late June and Croatia in early September. And then I've got a discount code. This is my website, brentbergherm.com for anyone who books by March 1. And that is the discount code of February. So between now and March 1 of 2018, you can get $50 off if you book uh, by that time. So you've got the regular prices there and then, then we'll just knock another 50 bucks off with that code February. And so that's for either trip. My next topic up for discussion, wanted to tell you a little bit about my recent trip. Actually, I'm on this trip currently. I'm recording from Coos Bay, Oregon. So it's about, what is it, maybe an eight-hour drive from where I live in Walla Walla, Washington. And for President's Day weekend in 2018, my wife and I actually were able to take a little vacation. We left the kids behind with some grandparents and we took off for Coos Bay, Oregon, and I decided to focus pretty much on this area right around Coos Bay, and so I went out to do some photography, and then of course spent a few moments with the wife here and there, visiting a few places too, and it was just a lot of fun, and I'm having a lot of fun. I've got one more day. So I just wanted to give you a quick breakdown of where I went, what I shot, and just my thoughts and feelings on those uh, locations. So the first place I went to, we got here on Thursday night, and so then Friday I woke up for uh, the sunrise shoot down at Cape Arago State Park. And it's a slightly confusing uh, place because there's like four state parks right in the area, and Cape Arago is the last one. But before you get to that, like, you know, 10 miles before, maybe a little less, there's Cape Arago Lighthouse. And so I'm left wondering which one is actually Cape Arago. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I went to the state park. And it's kind of a nice place where you have a fine overview of the ocean. You got some sea stacks. And then there is a place where you have to kind of shimmy yourself down a somewhat treacherous cliff to get down to the beach area. But I was able to do it without too much difficulty. And actually getting out was worse. Um, it wasn't terribly difficult, but, you know, when you're not as in shape as you should be, uh, I was breathing a little more heavily uh, than I planned when I was getting, when I got to the top. And when I did get to the top, there were some people there, and they were just sitting there. And so I thought, oh, I'll be friendly, and I greeted them with a hello. And then I got the stink eye in return. That was, I realized they were kind of doing their meditation thing, and I had just interrupted them. So that was kind of terrible of me. This weekend was has been full of clouds and storms and the like. And at Cape Arago, the lighting just wasn't right for what I was hoping for uh, at, with that subject. So... It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad time, it just wasn't anything that really moved me to shoot anything, uh, so I wasn't that inspired, given the available lights. 
Uh, looked around, had a good time just on a bit of a hike, but basically I just ended up moving on to the Cape Arago Lighthouse, which is back north about, I don't know, maybe four or five miles up the road from the state park. Upon my arrival at the lighthouse overlook, there was a rainbow, and I was just ecstatic. I couldn't believe it. It was coming right out of the lighthouse. It was so awesome. But it took a little too long to set up because I couldn't uh, walk out there with my gear at the ready, and that's how I usually will certainly set up before I head out. But the reason I couldn't walk out there with my gear at the ready was because there was approximately six feet tall organ grape, I think they were, bushes that were just uh, surrounding the everything about the trails, and the trails were not well marked or anything like that. And so there's a few times where I just felt like I was lost. I was just going through, and these wet bushes are just rubbing up against me the whole time. So I used my tripod to clear the, the way in front of me and just kept plodding through. There was about 15 or 20 minutes of that. And I finally got to the place where you have the overview, which is kind of too bad because there is a road that drives out there, but it goes through private land, so you can't go on there, and they have it gated off. So you have to park somewhere else, walk through all this junk, and then you're finally there. It was a beautiful shot, a beautiful location, and I decided, you know what, I really need to come back. So I did end up coming back. But if I could have had just five more minutes with that light where that rainbow was coming, that would have been really awesome. Because the lighthouse, it's up on a rocky plateau, the waves crashing beneath it, the rainbow coming out of it. It was just a really good shot. It was, it was just something that was really exciting. And I just, boy, if I could have had just five more minutes, or maybe five minutes earlier if I had been there. But, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Next, um, I had lunch, you know, joined the, the wife. Then uh, back at the room, we had an Airbnb that we rented. And so we had some lunch. And then we went out to Shore Acres State Park, which is right in the same area. And this is a very popular place. This is the only state park in the area where they actually charge you an entrance fee. And it has a nice rugged seascape. And it's well known for the rocky cliffs with the waves crashing against it, especially during the storm. However, while we were there, it was kind of calm. And so I focused on the sandstone formations at the top of the cliff. And that is also set back a little bit, so you're not in any danger of falling over the edge or anything like that. But when the water does crash up high enough, it erodes these areas. And it's just, it's a whole nother landscape. It's very alien and ethereal and foreign looking. So I pretty much exclusively used my 50mm art lens by Sigma. It's an f1.4 lens, 50mm f1.4. And that lens is just really, really sharp, and I knew it would give me the nice quality, the nice little micro-contrast details that I was looking for to really render that sandstone really sharply and really well. So I experimented with some shallow depth of field, some longer depth of field. I just knew that was a lens for that scene. Plus, by not, going, not being able to go too wide, uh, I was able to fill the frame with just that texture and just those shapes, and it, was, it, was, it came out with some really good shots, I think. Sunset found me at Yoakum Point State Park, also in, right in the exact same area. This place is, if you sneeze, you'll miss it kind of a thing. There's a parking lot that might hold three cars if you're lucky. And then there's a little trail that you can walk out there. It also overlooks the lighthouse, and it's a lot easier to walk out there. It's not overgrown like the other place was. It didn't really produce any significant color. I was able to get a little bit. Though overall, there was some good color, but it was one of those kinds of things where... You know, when everything turns a, just a little bit warm, it's really hard to tell in your photo that that's actually happening. You need some contrast in the color, and I just didn't have that contrast. So, again, I still had a good time there, and I think I got some good shots. It just wasn't that brilliant, gorgeous sunset 
that we were um, certainly hoping for. The next day found us at the South Slough Estuarine Research Reserve. As that was my day off, I didn't shoot any pictures. Well, I did a couple with my cell phone, but it was raining and it was just a wonderful time to walk with the wife and just have a wonderful stroll along the, the water, down the forested path, the skunk cabbage, all that stuff. It was just a great time. And then I just went and napped the rest of the time because let's face it, I work really hard and I needed some time to just recharge my batteries. On Sunday, I went down to Face Rock in the Bandon area and I went down there for sunrise and it was pretty good. Even though I had to put up with tons of sleet and hail and heavy gusts, it just, the weather just went crazy today actually is when I'm recording this. I was able to use my water socks, which is great, so I could walk out into the water, not worry about the surf slamming up against me and getting my legs and feet all cold. Also, I could just hold the tripod to make sure it doesn't tip over in the water. And so I got some fairly decent composition there, I believe. Lots of great sea stacks, and one of them actually looks like a face. And I thought it was interesting, as you're walking by, when you see the sea at first from the overview, it looks to me like, anyway, it's more feminine in its features, but as you walk by to the north, your perspective changes a little bit and it starts to look more like an old man. I thought that was kind of an interesting transformation in the rock. And then we went to Old Town during the midday and did just some normal tourist stuff. And then I uh, went back to that lighthouse area once again for sunset. That lighthouse was sort of becoming a muse of sorts. It was something that I kept thinking about and I knew I could uh, have a good chance of some good light. You know, it started out the day with some sleet and some, some hail. It continued all day with that, and just storm after storm just kept rolling in off the ocean. I was hoping for a break in the light, and I got it. I was so happy I spent that extra time slogging through those bushes to get out there. I even found a different overview that gave me a different perspective, and I was able to uh, grab a nice panoramic with the sun setting. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers, though. I shouldn't talk too much about it because, let's face it, if for some reason it didn't turn out, I would hate to, to tell you about it and then not show it to you on my website or other places. So I will cross my fingers on that and hope that it works out for me. I do have one more day, and right now I'm planning on seeing that lighthouse again. Uh, I really want to get that going well, and I will go back to Yoakum Point State Park and then on the way home, there's a string of waterfalls that's roughly an hour away from uh, Coos Bay area. I want to be able to uh, photograph just something a little different, and I love waterfalls as well. And so I'm going to focus on those, and we'll see what happens with those. And then it's about another seven hours all the way home to eastern Washington, and so that'll be a long day for us. But looking forward to it. It's been a fantastic time here. Uh, spending some time with my wife and focusing on some photography as well, and it's just been great. If you're looking for a great place to have as a base along the coast, Coos Bay is great because from about an hour north of us to about an hour and a half or so south of us, there's just so many hot spots for shooting pictures, all the way from Florence where you have uh, Hasita Head Lighthouse, that's a very popular lighthouse to photograph, as you then go all the way down to Brookings area and you've got the Samuel H. Boardman uh, area where the um, lots of different sea stacks and lots of different places to shoot. Just fantastic. And uh, Coos Bay would be a great place to have as one of the locations as you would uh, go f either down the coast or up the coast either way. So visit my website for some pics. I'm going to put these right on the uh, gallery that's on the homepage. That's at brentbergherm.com. B-R-E-N-T-B-E-R-G-H-E-R-M.com. 
and you'll be able to see those right away on the home page. Uh, as yet, I don't have, um, I will eventually put them in their own gallery, but the gallery on the home page, that's where I put my most recent stuff. And so you'll see them there. So everything that I've talked about, you should be able to get a glimpse at there on my website. Another thing I should mention before we get too far along, since we're talking about some pictures and whatnot, is the Create Photography Retreat that's happening in Charleston, South Carolina, coming up here in March. Head on over to createphotographyretreat.com to find out more about it. You'll be able to uh, come to my sessions, and of course there's tons of other sessions available, but I'll be teaching camera cleaning. I actually have the products there, you know, the tools and the products there to help you clean your camera. I encourage you to bring your own if you're going to attend that session, but I do have it there for you. I'll teach you how to clean your camera, including your sensor, of course. I'll also have a class on planning your first international solo photo trip. And then I will also have a presentation talking about the design principles in photography. And this is one that goes beyond the standard photographic rules. You know, we think of rule of thirds and some of these other things like that that are the standard photographic rules that we learn about just pretty much all the time when we're learning photography. But I'm going to stretch it into graphic design principles. And I've got a little video in the Facebook group for the retreat that I posted there. You'll probably have to scroll down a little bit because I posted it a little ways down. But it is a good discussion for photographers to have. Once you've been shooting, you know, maybe a year or so, and you want to take your photography to the next level, so to speak, but I would say take it to the next level kind of in a different direction than you normally think of. Because learning about design principles and how they apply to your photography can really help elevate the meaning and the interpretation of your photography. Head on over to createphotographyretreat.com to find out more about it. We've got all the speakers listed there and all sorts of good information there. And of course, the link to buy it. If you're pretty much already decided that you're good to go, and you're probably, hopefully anyway, already on my website, I actually have a link right there. You click on the shop link up in the nav bar, and then that will take you to a collection of items. Should be the third one over. You'll see the item for Charleston. That is actually a direct link. It takes you off my website over to their sales link. And you can just go with it that way. But of course, if you need to learn more about it and you're not quite sure, please definitely make sure you head on over to that website, createphotographyretreat.com. And then I'll have a little more about the retreat with some specials I'm running with my lens company after Brian talks about his thing with Santorini. But of course, before we do that even, we're going to have a message from a sponsor and then Brian will pick it right up after that. So here we go. This episode is brought to you by improvephotographyplus.com. Improve Photography Plus is where we have some of our best trainings from photographers that you know and love, like Brent Bergherm on cleaning your camera like a pro, Erica Kay on posing women, Connor Hibbs on compositing, Jim Harmer on block method composition, all kinds of editing tutorials, commercial photography tutorials, the list goes on and on. So check it out at improvephotographyplus.com and start your free two-week trial today. It's been a while since we've shared some highlights of one of our favorite locations, so I wanted to spend a few minutes sharing with you about one of the most beautiful places that I've been fortunate to visit, and that is Santorini, Greece. Uh, I'm sure right now some of you are going, oh, yes, because I know it is a very popular location that a lot of people that have been to Greece, they do try to make it out to it. And so what Santorini is, it's an island, one of over a thousand islands that Greece has. And it's part of a, a caldera. A caldera, I guess, is where 
when a volcano erupts, it's kind of the parts that are left. And so this almost circular chain of islands uh, is located in one of the most beautiful, uh, nicest weather places with gorgeous sunsets. Uh, some people claim that it, it has the most beautiful sunsets in the world. And I, I can see why. It is an amazing location. Uh, the history of it is pretty cool as far as they believe sometime around 1600 BC that it erupted. And they supposedly, the scientists believe that the eruption of this volcano is what wiped out the Minoan civilization on Crete. So really cool history there. And I had the opportunity to go there a, hand, a handful of years ago and spent a, a few days there with my wife and it was gorgeous. Uh, the area of Santorini that we stayed on was called Ia. It's pronounced, uh, it's pronounced Ia, but spelled O-I-A. And this is where you've seen a lot of pictures of it before. It's actually, Santorini has been used in a lot of movies. Um, I think I know that uh, one of the movies, it's been a while since we've shared some highlights of a favorite location of ours. So I wanted to spend a few minutes and share with you about one of my favorite locations that I've ever been to, and that is the beautiful island of Santorini, Greece, which I'm sure most of you, well, not most, most of you, but a lot of you, if you've been to Greece, this is probably one of the islands that you've tried to make it out to. Uh, it is, being an island, it is part of a caldera, which means that it was, uh, it once was a volcano that had erupted. They believe it erupted sometime around 1600 BC, and they think that the eruption of this volcano could have been what wiped out the Minoan civiliz civilization on Crete. And they also believe it to be one of the largest volcanic eruptions sometime in the past 10,000 years. So uh, a really gorgeous island that kind of makes a ring in a way, uh, just with the, the volcano being broken up. And so it makes like a ring of islands with this beautiful blue water there in the middle. And... When I went, my wife and I uh, had the opportunity to visit, and we stayed in, it's, I believe it's pronounced Ia. It's spelled O-I-A, but they pronounce it Ia, which is in the kind of northwestern part of the island. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's what you may uh, be thinking of as far as the white buildings with the blue domes on the top with a, a white cross on top of that. So there's just... Uh, Tons of beautifully, uh, beautifully, beautiful, brightly colored houses and hotels and uh, shops. And so when we went, we wanted to fully experience it and kind of be in it all. So we got to stay in what's called like a cave hotel, which I believe the name of the place was like Filoterra Villas. Uh, it was a Santorini cave hotel. And it's kind of interesting because when we got there, we got there a little bit in the evening and you pull up off the road and you don't see any hotel. You see what looks like basically a, a tiny shed and that's it. And so I'm like, okay, where's the hotel? Well, you go and you check in and the hotel is kind of down the cliff along the side of it. And so we stayed in one of the cave hotels. So our room was kind of carved into the side of the cave. And from our view, we had a, a view of the water. And as you kind of look down the steps, you see these different little pools that are off to the side. And just gorgeous, uh, just such a gorgeous view. I think anywhere on there pretty much is a gorgeous view. 
if you look kind of along the side of the island, you see a bunch of the, the white buildings, the sides of them, and then it contrasts against the black and the red of the volcanic rock that's there. So just an, an amazing sight to see. But we didn't spend a whole lot of time uh, in, in our room or near the room because we wanted to get out and really try to experience more of the island. So one of the things that we had set up ahead of time was to do this uh, Santorini food and wine tour. My wife and I know little to nothing about wine, but thought it would be a great way to kind of experience more. So a woman uh, by the name of, what was it? I think her name was Phoenix. Yeah, a woman by the name of Phoenix picked us up in the morning and told us that there was one other couple that was gonna be going with. So there were a total of four of us. And she shared with us that she actually was from California. I believe she lived in San Francisco for a while. And then she came and visited Santorini like 25 years earlier and just fell in love with it. And so she started this uh, Santorini food and wine tour. So she calls it Safoi, S-A-F-O-W-I, which uh, the abbreviations kind of stand for Santorini food and wine tour. And so she picked up the other couple as well. And we started driving around, uh, around the island and we just randomly pulled over in certain spots. And she was telling us a little bit about the island as far as that it is actually by definition, it's a desert. And there just happened to be rain the week before we got there, which is the first time she had seen rain in years. But she said what's unique about that is when it comes to the wine, the, what would you call them? Not necessarily the wine farmers, but that's what we'll, that's what we'll use. Um, would take the vines as they would grow and weave it around in sort of like a basket shape. And by forming a basket with the, the roots and the, and the trunk, the leaves kind of made a dome over it. And then what would happen at night is there would be dew and moisture that would gather, and that would be used to water the, the vines. And then that's how they would grow their grapes and then make their wine. And she said there was only one other place in the world that was done uh, similar to that. And as far as the baskets go, and she said that was somewhere in California. And it just was a great experience that she uh, gave us a tour and showed us the different things. It was fun snapping pictures of the different grapes and these uh, baskets of, uh, not vines, but almost like branches. So I guess they're vines in a way. And we went to a few different um, vineyards and, and places where we could taste the wine. And they'd give us a little bit of history of it while we were there. And the other couple that we were with, uh, clearly they are experienced wine connoisseurs because they were able to taste certain things that were in the wine. And my wife and I are like, eh, tastes sweet, tastes good to us, where we learned that the, the wines my wife and I liked tend to be the cheaper wines that weren't really the good quality, I guess. But hey, you know, if we're, we're cheaper that way, that's better for us. But our experience ended at a restaurant, which was fun because we worked together, the four of us, making this meal that had um, some type of, of meat with it and cucumbers and cheeses, feta cheese. And it just, it was a fun experience and a great way to kind of get out and have a, a little bit of a tour of the island that we were at. And also enjoyable just to snap some pictures. I took a, a whole bunch of the other couple as well and then sent it to them afterwards just as kind of a, hey, thanks for traveling with us experience. So from there, we end up spending the rest of that evening, I think kind of back around 
Ia around the village that we were at. And the next day, we had planned to uh, set up to try to do stand-up paddleboard, and I wanted to do some rock climbing. Unfortunately, the rock climbing wasn't available, so we agreed on just the stand-up paddleboard. So these two gentlemen come, and they pick us up. And it's a little bit scary getting into a vehicle in another country, not knowing where you're going, but just kind of trusting in them. They had really good reviews on uh, TripAdvisor, so I felt comfortable with it. And they took us basically to this beach. The name of the company, I don't know if they've changed the name, but today they're called the Santorini Sea Kayak, uh, which I believe is different from what it was when we had booked with them. Uh, They kind of specialize in outdoor experiences on Santorini. But when we got there, uh, we went and kind of checked in and they pulled out two stand-up paddle boards and then a kayak. And they told us what we were going to do is we were going to paddleboard along the the coastline of the island and the tour guide was going to just ride along in in his kayak. And it was a great experience. The weather was beautiful. The, The water was a little bit choppy, so of course I fell a few times. And what was really cool though was the tour guide had a camera and he was taking pictures of us along the way. So as a photographer, I really appreciated that. And then when we got down about 30 minutes into our um, our paddling, uh, we pulled over and took a little break on the on the one of the beaches, the rocky beaches. And he pulled out of the kayak this blanket, and in the blanket he had a bunch of fruits and a bunch of cheeses and some water that was. Um, the fruits and cheeses were unique, supposedly, to Santorini. And just a great experience. It made me think uh, really highly of just the, you know, the customer service and how little things can make a big deal for, for people. And then on the way back, as we paddleboarded on back, he uh, pointed out some things about the island, being able to see the layers of the rock and gave us some history of it. So really cool experience. But the best part about it is something that just can't be bought and they probably would deny it if you even told them about this. But when we got back, because it was just my wife and I on the tour and we chatted a lot with these people along the way and they were really friendly, uh, they said along the way as they were getting ready to take us back to our hotel, they asked if we wanted to come over to one of the houses that they kind of, that the company owned where a bunch of the workers come and hang out and kind of just gather and maybe they party there and um, they can kind of spend the night there if they have to get up early the next day so that way they don't have to all go back to their own places. So we thought this is one, it was extremely scary to think, do we go with these strangers to their house in the middle of an island? But two, we thought, what an epic opportunity. So we did, and we went there, and they made this uh, wonderful, simple little meal, and we drank a bunch of wine, which again, my wife and I knew nothing about, but uh, sitting on the porch underneath the stars, talking with these uh, these Greek people just about government and history and, and politics and, and life, and it was just, it was unreal, just to be able to have that opportunity to truly experience the culture in a way that you just can't buy was great. So then they eventually took us back to our place. And one of the other days we wanted to do this hike going down to the, uh, I believe maybe it's pronounced the Amodi Bay. So we walked through Ia through the village, which again, it's just beautiful. Um, you know, kind of like white street, white buildings, bright colors here and there. 
I took a, a bunch of photos. It's a great opportunity to take pictures of doorways, if you like colored doorways, um, and just kind of the unique character that was in it. Uh, green, bright green, bright blue. Then you've got this gorgeous blue sky and you're surrounded by blue water. But what's really cool is when you get down to the Amodi Bay, the the view there, it's, it's about 300 steps to get down. So it's a great little leg workout. But when you get down, you see the shops in the side of the island there is all this like red rock. And so just gorgeous with, again, the blue sky, this red rock, the white buildings and the blue water. And there are a handful of shops there and some restaurants. So we sat there and ate, uh, I think it was, maybe it was lunch at this time. I don't remember the time of day. But um, I ordered a octopus and it was, it was delicious. And we were sitting there right on the water and you see the fish swimming. And then we decided to go for a little bit of a walk afterwards. And as we're walking out, I'm walking past the grill and there's a whole tiny little octopus, like the whole thing on there about the size of a football. And I figured, hey, I, I just enjoyed something similar to that. And it was really good too. So we walked around the edge of the island right there, not knowing what we were going to experience. And we hear a bunch of, a bunch of noise. And it turns out that there was this little tiny, tiny island that you could swim to. And I think it's called St. Nicholas maybe. But there's a church that's built into the backside of the island. And the church is St. Nicholas from, from my knowledge. But people were out there that you swim out there and you cliff dive off into the water. And immediately my wife is like, oh, I want to go do that. That'd be awesome. So she swam on out there and I, I stayed back with the camera gear and just took some pictures. I saw her get to the edge and look over and you know, she was definitely braver than I. And she just goes running off with a couple other people who were next to her and they just jump right in. And then she did it again a, a second time and then swam back to me and we kind of traded off. She watched the camera gear and then I swam out there and I climb up there and I get to the edge and I look over and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to do this because the water is so clear that you see all the way to the bottom and you see these huge rocks. And I'm, I'm trying to communicate to these people who were with me, these other young guys that were up there and they don't speak English, but they were basically telling me, hey, you know, it's okay. You're not going to hit the rocks. It looks like it's close to you, but it's not. So I gave it a try. I was a little hesitant, but I jumped and it's a long time in the air when you're kind of a, afraid of what's going to happen. But I hit the water, didn't feel any rocks. I was, came back up, took a breath and was like, okay, that was kind of fun. So I did it a second time and then swam on back to where my wife was and we were drying off and, you know, being Americans, you're not used to certain things when you uh, travel as much. So we were a little shocked when we saw this older couple in front of us uh, stripping down to just kind of sunbathe um, without wearing anything. So not sure if they got sunburnt or what, but we immediately left and then walked back up around the, um, to the bay and then up the 300 steps and, and walked on back. And we saw a donkey. You see a handful of donkeys on the island because they're used to carry uh, up the steps to carry people's stuff up and and you'll see them carrying up some fruits and vegetables and that's a great photo opportunity but the the best experience is just going on a hike we ended it the next day doing this i think it's fiber or fever this hike it's like a about a six mile hike to get there and uh, we wanted to do that and see the sunset on one of our last nights and it was a gorgeous hike 
And we had always dreamed before this trip about wanting to renew our vows in Greece on a cliff with our children. And we had this great vision in our head, but we figured, hey, we don't know if we're going to be able to come here with our children sometime. So what we did was we decided let's go ahead and, and do our vows. So as we walked, we kind of renewed our vows in the spot, just her and I, and it was a, a, a nice, nice special time. And then started to head back right as the sun was going down and kind of camped off to the side for about an hour and watched the sunset. And it, it was, Santorini supposedly is considered to be one of the most beautiful places to see a sunset. And it definitely was uh, gorgeous. Not necessarily what I had expected. I was expecting something more amazing, but it seemed like there might've been a little bit of haze off into the distance, but still definitely a beautiful, a, a beautiful hike back and stopped at a restaurant, had some food and wine to eat and some baklava because I love baklava. And then from what I recall, we uh, flew out the next day, but it just was such a, a beautiful location to visit. Just the bright colors that are there. The food was delicious. Um, just seeing a landscape so different than what we're used to. And I find that I love to take more pictures when I'm away from where I live, uh, living here in the Midwest. And this is one place that my pictures definitely live on uh, with me. We've got them up around the house and I have some of them in the classroom where I teach and just a great memory. So my recommendation to you is if you ever get the opportunity to go to Santorini, uh, two things you must do is one is you got to do the, the wine and food tour, the Safoe that they have. Uh, and then the other thing is contact the uh, Santorini Sea Kayak and do something outdoors with them. Just an amazing experience. Bring your camera with you, capture those memories along the way. Uh, definitely go to the, the bay, the Amodi Bay, jump off, do the cliff diving, bring a GoPro with you. I wish I had one at that time. I did not, but uh, it's just going to be a, a, a great way for you to capture some amazing memories of one of the most beautiful places that you will ever go to. So hope you enjoyed this little snippet of highlights of Santorini, Greece, one of my favorite locations that I've ever been to. For those attending the retreat in Charleston, South Carolina, that's only a month away as I record this, so that's certainly coming up fast. I've got a special going for my rental gear. Head on over to brentrenslenses.com and you'll be able to use the code that I'm only announcing in the private Facebook group for the attendees of the retreat. So if you're in that Facebook group, you'll be able to see that discount code and you'll get a nice little discount on checkout. So brentrenslenses.com. For those of you going to the retreat, uh, get that order in. Uh, certainly uh, there's a limit to the gear that I have. I like to boast that I have the world's smallest inventory, but it's also uh, curated inventory. It's stuff that I would shoot personally for sure and something that I will be able to give you very specific help on or advice on if you need it. So feel free to always ask for some help if, uh, if that happens to be the case for you whether you're needing ideas on what you should rent or once you've rented it and you want to uh, maximize the use of your gear, you know, that's what I'm here for. want to be able to help you out. I will have to ship the gear to you though, so that's not something I'll be able to bring it with me. I am presenting there, of course, and I have two workshops going on, but I won't be able to uh, bring it with me as I'm planning to travel very light. And so that's why I'm giving you this discount to help cover those costs of shipping and, and a few other things like that. So Hopefully that you can take advantage of that if you're heading to the retreat. 
And also, if you're in one of my workshops, I actually have two workshops, a pre-conference and a post-conference. And the pre-conference is sold out. That's awesome. The post-conference has two slots left. And so if you're in either of those, you'll also get an even bigger discount. So check out the code that's coming your way in the private Facebook groups for those workshops as well. Well, that is it for now. Thank you, listeners, as always. We really appreciate your listening and tuning in, and we look forward to coming back at you next time. And until then, happy shooting. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect the views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned.